A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey, this is Ashley, and welcome back to another episode of Swiftish. I have been MIA, which is why you <laughs> didn't have a lovely episode from myself and the lovely Shelby. Yes, I know. We keep promising, like, oh, we'll definitely be back next week. And then life mm. happens, and we're like, JK. <laughs> yeah, well, so and it's all my fault. One, no, we no. were driving back from Utah last week. Like, it was a two hour, it was like a two day trip. So we left on Saturday and mm. came back on Mon- on Sunday. But also, my father-in-law had his prostate removed because he has um, prostate cancer, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. we just kind of took Friday just to kind of be with him and to, you know, just like yeah, you know, give him meals and everything like that. Thankfully, it's not terminal at all. Okay. It's just, you know, it's just something that's a little like scary to go through. I think he might end up having to get radiation somewhere down the line. Yeah. But it's just something that kind of like snaps you back to how precious this life is. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I'm glad you were able to spend some time with them and have that, that time together for sure. Yeah, it was nice. And then we had that two-day trip where we were listening <laughs> to uh, – It was less fun. My dogs were great. But then we had – but then we were listening to – I think it was like the Cuckoo's Calling trilogy – um jk rowling's like pseudonym book i don't i yeah we we were listening to that because my husband loves jk rowling's like books and everything like that and then we took a break um and we listened to joe rogan which are you familiar with joe rogan's podcast (laughs) um yeah i'm aware of it yeah do you know where this is going no i don't (laughs) okay So we listened to Joe Rogan's podcast and I have, my husband loves Joe Rogan, loves his podcast, you know, listen to him all the time and I've never listened to it before, but he recently had Kanye on his, his his show. So he was there, it was a three hour episode and we had like a 22 hour car ride. We only made it an hour and a half and we like switched it, but someone tweeted out and they were like, he was filibusting. Uh, Joe Rogan, you know, because Joe Rogan does all these interviews, but it was it was literally just Kanye talking and talking and talking, and then Joe would be like, "Uh huh, mm hmm, oh well, elaborate, elaborate on this." And he did say something really interesting. He like was talking about his dad. I'm glad he said this before I like clicked off and started listening to our audiobook. But he had mentioned about how his dad is just one of those guys who would, if someone was lying, would take the mic out in front of him, and he said like father, like son. I was like, oh, I was like, okay. And that's, I think that's only mentioned like he like had to tailor in any way, but I was like, um, and we stopped it and Lance was like, so do you think that like what? I'm like, well, I don't think he was calling Taylor a liar. I think he was calling like the industry a liar because Beyonce had one of the best music videos of all time. So that's the only thing really that you could really pick out of it. But his, he was just going on a lot of like rants and a lot of, it was really interesting. I don't know if I'll finish yeah. it, but oh. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Kanye is always, uh, yeah, interesting is a good mm-hmm. way to put 
yeah. any of his interviews. Um, <laughs> I'm glad yeah. it was such an educational right. trip for you. It was very educational. Yeah. But, you know, I'm back here and speaking of podcasts. So Rolling Stones made a 500 greatest albums of all time list, which yes. I think we talked about. We talked about yeah. it in September. You know, um, 1989 was number number 393 and Red made the top 100 list. And so they are coming out with, I think it's going to be a 10-part um, episode podcast, and it's called 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, and it's Rolling Stones podcast, and you can listen to it on Amazon Music, I believe, but one of the people, because they interviewed 10 artists that made this 500 list, and one mm. of the people was Taylor Swift, who they interviewed, so she's going to be on a podcast. It's going it to be released, the first episode podcast episode don't know who the guest is gonna be <laughs> is released on november 10th but we got a little snippet of what she said about red and she said i look back on this the album like like it's my only true breakup album every other album has flickers of different things but this was an album i wrote with a pure absolute to the core heartbreak Oh. I know. Yeah, poor Jake Gyllenhaal can't catch a break. <laughs> really? People started tweeting and they're like, thank you so much for because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have this album. Yeah. I oh. mean, I I can totally appreciate that because obviously that has some of her like deepest cuts and it's like mm -hmm. uh, continue obviously like continues to be ranked so highly because of so much truth that went into her songwriting. But it does mm -hmm. make you kind of revisit like 1989, which she sort of positions as like a narrative about her breakup, even with just her liner notes walking you through the whole story. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess it was less, one, damaging of a breakup and two, by the time she wrote 1989, there was some distance there that I think allowed her to kind of play with mm -hmm. um, more than just the heartbreak element. So maybe that. That's yeah, why because she doesn't like, count it as a heartbreak album. Because <laughs> like Red is kind of like she's going through that heartbreak yeah. and that tear down. And 1989 is her picking herself up from that heartbreak and like yeah. moving on, like the process of her moving on. And Red is just in the middle of it. It's like <laughs> yeah. all you can see is Red. That's all. Oh, yeah. I it's know. So, it's so I've, interesting that like out of the 500 greatest albums of all time, because you look at it, there's stuff from like 1960s, like all the way back till then. And, and Red makes top 100. And you just think about how it didn't win the Grammy that year. Yeah. It's like the top 100 albums of all time. And it didn't win the, win the Grammy. <laughs> I'm like, what? I know. I feel like that's how it usually goes in a lot of ways. Like people yeah. will revisit like the Academy Awards and be like, why on earth did this win? Like crash? Mm. What is this? What? Like, ugh. Yeah. But it is kind of funny to see that. And it just speaks to maybe how we don't need to care so much about <laughs> Yeah, voting yeah. for PCAs or whatever it is that Twitter wants us to care about, and because um, it only matters what the Rolling Stone <laughs> says. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we just need to wait a few years, see how it shakes out. Um, mm -hmm. It sort of reminds me this: uh, the Rolling Stones also did this new study. I guess they're calling it. I don't know <laughs> what the science is behind it, but they looked at all the albums and ranked the ones that are most listened to all the way through, like no skips, you know, and, um, Taylor Swift's folklore and speak now are among some of those highest albums in the pop and country genres. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, folklore, they said, has an 89% listen all the way through rate and speak now has an 83%, mm-hmm. which is pretty wow. interesting because we so talk they, a lot so about... They ranked, <laughs> they, they ranked all of her albums or they ranked... No, just like, I think there was just like... I don't know if they did like every album in the history of mankind. You know oh, what okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, they highlighted like 20 or so albums as like the top listened to all the way through. Um, well, you know, people two were Taylor skipping. Swiss ended up on there. On folklore, people were skipping Epiphany. You know, they're like, <laughs> that's oh, your vote. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but 89% <laughs> listen is still pretty good. And it's I mean, 89%. That's yeah. amazing. And it's like a long track list. You know, it's not like. We have a lot I mean, of time that's what surprised hands. me about like 1989 not being up there is because 1989, you have 13 tracks. It's like people listen mm-hmm. to it a lot. Like, why not? But I guess there's more <laughs> skippable content now. on that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And speak now. I mean, that I've been my hobby this week when I've been like bored is just going (laughs) trying to rank all of Taylor Swift's songs, which is a project I've been working on for like, you know, a year, basically. I can't. (laughs) Because it's impossible. But I've been more focused on it this week. And I've been trying to like parse out my sort of algorithm for how I rank them and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I do, I do respect the idea that Speak Now is a very streamable album because we've talked about how Red can sometimes feel like, you, you know, Red is like so good, but then you get to a song and you're like, oh, I forgot this was on here. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're like, mm, skip, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and even Lover, with ha- which has some of her best like songwriting and some of her most um, interesting songs, also has some of her uh least interesting (laughs) okay hold on i'm glad that you said that because it just reminded me of an email that we got i know this isn't on any we're not on a trajectory right now i'm just stopped wherever we're going Mm -hmm. so this is an email from duncan sweet duncan so it's it's called the the subject is me question mark Speaking Uh-oh. of lover, and you you just said that there are skippable songs, and we all know if you're listening to the song with to this podcast, you know which song <laughs> Shelby's talking about. I mean, come on. So he said, he's like, "Hey, Swiftish, sorry if this email is a bit long. I know Ashley doesn't like long emails. Sorry, <laughs> I started binging binge listening to your podcast when quarantine started, and now I've caught up on all your episodes. Yay." I know you're looking for folklore theories, but I want to go back to the lover era for me again. Sorry. I understand (laughs) that you guys hate that song. Okay, let's let's step aside. Shelby hates this song. I'm indifferent (laughs) by it. If it comes up, I'm like, me, you know, I can't tell you how many times I listened to that when I was, when I went to the Good Morning America, um, like episode, like saying it over and over again. I don't hate it. Sometimes I'm like, I'll bop my head around to it. Shelby hates it. Okay. I understand that you guys hate the song, but I actually really enjoy it. As younger, younger Swift, you have no idea how your minds work, but me and everyone my age who have, who have asked loves the song. However, most of the podcasts I listen to hate the song. There, a lot of the like other Taylor Swift podcasts, they're all a little bit like old in their like late twenties. Mm-hmm. So I can get that. Uh, these podcasts are all adult, um, all hosted by adults too. Um, my not really theory. Most young Swifties love me. I'm pretty sure Taylor also said that she wrote me for the younger Swifties. 
you adults are trying to take the song seriously when it's literally a fun song about not much that is aimed at six to 14 year old kids. I love Taylor and her music <laughs> a lot, but sometimes I just need a fun, silly bop to sing along to. That is me. That That is all me is. I'm not trying to change your opinion of the song, but just a different view. Love the I podcast. Know, I, re- I respect that. You know, the <laughs> 6 to 14 year olds can have it. I mm-hmm. I totally respect having a good bop and an empty, shallow bop. Like, you know, stay, stay, stay. I have a love for that that I'm sure a lot of Swifties would judge me for. So in I my like of me... <laughs> I don't want anyone to feel targeted by that because I don't no. judge people for liking it. I just personally want to rip my hair out when it comes on. <laughs> but I will say it's still not even the, my least favorite Taylor Swift song okay. of all time. So. Good. I'm I'm interested in seeing where everything ranks out for you. Yeah. Um, are you? It'll, it'll get me canceled. I'm sure. Are you going to be doing her singles like Babe and other ones that aren't on the albums or just strictly the albums? I mean, I was figuring so far the ones I've been counting are the ones she sings on and has written. Okay. So so I have she sings Babe, babe but I don't have Better okay. Man. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that and I don't have This Is What She Came For, but I have like I Don't Want to Live Forever. And like I don't know. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. So and I don't do I like that. covers or I haven't done like half of my heart with um what's his John name John Mayer because <laughs> I'm like well did she really write this or did she just come on so yeah. we'll see if I add more to it we'll see if I ever finish this but I already know like my top three people will be like what on earth are you what are you doing and I'm why excited. are you hosting a podcast it's gonna be like <laughs> look what you made me do that's gonna yeah. be like number one you guys yeah, exactly. calling it out <laughs> and then you'll scroll down and see me in like the bottom five and be like what how do you justify this and I'll be like I don't know it's just a feeling it's just a it's just a a heart truth that I have to follow and um that's it's 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 her yeah well you know what's (laughs) interesting about Duncan's email is he had said that it's for the young people which Taylor Swift also wrote another song called only the young for all the young voters. Such a good transition. Yes. Right. Right. It, it just, you know, the Duncan, you really set itself up. Duncan really, he knew what we were going to go for this, yeah. this week. So he set this up. But Taylor Swift has only the young, which I hadn't listened to since uh, Miss America Americana came out. So mm. when I heard it again today, for some reason, it's Friday. Um, at first, I was like, this, "This sounds like Taylor, but what song is it?" <laughs> it felt like such a bad oh my Swiftie. gosh, fake fan! You're canceled. Local alert. I know. I've, I've just been listening to so, so much folklore, and I was like, "Oh, it's only the young." Da da da. Because I did like I just kind of like hit hidden like in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. So that's bad. I haven't listened to it, but um, <laughs> Shelby, tell us what I am talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, representative from California, Eric Swalwell, you released this sort of unofficial Biden-Harris um, campaign video that used Taylor Swift's song, Only the Young, and kind of highlighted the need to vote and um, the motivation to vote and just and just was kind of a call to action and reminded people like, you know, as Taylor Swift sings in the song, who can save us? Only the young. Mm-hmm. And so it went viral. It's been a big deal. Like Kamala Harris retweeted it. A lot of a lot of like political people were on your 
a brainwave and we're like, oh, a new song by Taylor, so brave. And I'm like, mm, okay, it's I didn't been think, out a whole year. I didn't think it was a new song by Taylor. I knew it was one of her right. older songs. I yeah. not her older songs, but I was just like, yeah. oh, what song like, is, this? is this? Yeah. <laughs> Also, I was in the middle of scheduling a million different interviews and everything. So my mind went from like work, work, work to I haven't listened to the song in a while. Which Taylor Swift song is it? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I I respect it. I apologize for not a boomer. Yeah. (laughs) But no, it's I mean, it's a good it's a powerful song. And I think a lot of Swifties are like salty about new Swifties being like wow this is so emotional I'm crying when they're like you called it basic when it came out and it's like guys we're in a different time period like this is a week before the U.S. election tensions are high people are Mm -hmm. feeling worried and anxious and nervous about I mean not only who will win but when we'll find out who won and all of this and so I can totally see why the song hits a little harder when it's tied to you know instead of the the nebulous future of January when it first came out to now we're in November officially. Actually, I guess when this episode airs, it'll be the night before oh, oh, the election the day. day. Oh, exciting. I guess I'm, if we want to say just, it that way, hopefully, hopefully it's yeah. exciting. I'm, a, I'm just surprised that we haven't heard more of this song during the election. Yes. Like it just, it's exactly what it's, it's fit for the season mm-hmm. and I'm just ex- I'm surprised that it just came up now because he emailed yeah. Taylor's Taylor Swift you know cold pitch last Friday so a week ago we were recording on Friday asking for permission to use the song in the ad and they responded so quickly and they gave them the the gratis license which means that they could use it free of charge so mm-hmm. it's like she's probably like yes I've been waiting like, for yes. people come on <laughs> Go, go, go. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of voting and this, because I think it's so great, um, I posted on – because, you know, I bought two Taylor Swift blankets, and they're not coming yet, but I got a signed Taylor Swift CD in the mail and a little postcard that everyone's been getting from her, you know, reminding people to vote. And so when I went to go early vote this week, I, like, posted it in my story, and someone messaged me, an old friend, and she was like, so did Taylor Swift sway your vote at all? And I'd like to say no, she didn't because my vote very much aligns with who I voted for last time, which hopefully you guys all know I did not vote for (laughs) Trump last time, but it it aligned very closely. And so part of me was like taken back. I'm like, one, did she think that I voted for Trump? And does she think that Taylor Swift voted me to vote for Biden? And two, like, I don't like I... I don't want to see a celebrity sway someone to vote a certain way. I want to see people actually like research who they're voting for, know that they stand by their values. And I love that she is, I love that she's, she's endorsed somebody because she's showing people that she's like interested and she's, you know, she's really, um, there's a lot of value on this election, Mm. but like, I do like that she's telling people to go vote. Like, I don't think people should just vote for someone because celebrities are telling them to vote for. Because let's, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, celebrities live a different, completely lifestyle than from you and me. Like, they don't understand the regular day-to-day struggles that we go through. But I do appreciate them, you know, urging us to vote, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, totally. I uh, I think it's a unique scenario when it feels like a lot more is at stake than just uh, yeah 
economic to like personal party lines but i agree mm -hmm. that like in general you can't just be a robot waiting for someone to be like oh i guess taylor's voting for this person so i'll vote too i think it'd be pretty hard in this but i kind of think that's what she was going for i I, part of me was just like is that what she means does she think that like oh the person who messaged me oh yeah I was like, is that what she thinks? She thinks I just voted. Like, if Taylor would have been like, vote for Kanye. Like, does she think I would have gone and voted for Kanye? Like, that's where I'm kind of like, yeah. Uh, I'm also like, like wondering, like, thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also wondering, like, what reputation Swifties have, if that's the case. You know, like, oh, Taylor Swift said, go jump off the bridge. Let's go jump off the bridge. Although, I think she's giving general, pretty good advice. Yeah. yeah. But I'm st- it, was, it was just like the, the whole interpretation behind this message from the person. Yeah. That I was like, what does this mean? Like, you never, she, like, I put, like, I don't post a lot, but I post stories like every now and then she's never responded to any one of my yeah. stories but <laughs> Those are this always one fun to get. yeah yeah this one she responds to and I was like hmm I don't know how to take it maybe I'm reading too much into it <laughs> but no I, I mean I think that's yeah I think people have that idea sometimes of like celebrity worship being somehow blinding but I think in general I think people are like you where it's not like Taylor Swift said this and so I must go and do it's more oh like look we align or like wow I've never thought about that or like OMG Mm -hmm. she pointed this thing out so I think in general even Swifties even any celebrity stan tends to I mean I'd hope be free thinkers still so (laughs) and I do know that you know she did was it that the national voter registration day she did amp that up lots of people registered which is great I'm kind of like Taylor Swift tells you go register to vote go register to vote that's amazing you know Go vote, go vote. That's awesome. And you know what? I'm, you know, if ever, if, if uh, people are looking for <laughs> a suggestion, I'm, uh, I would say follow Taylor. <laughs> yeah, but you don't need blue. to listen. Why not? <laughs> but you don't need to listen to us because we're celebrities, you guys. Oh, right, 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 right. Because right. we're I not. Mean, if I can influence your decision um, tomorrow, be sure to vote blue, blue wave, hashtag Biden. Like, yes, please. <laughs> if you care about my opinion, that's where I stand. Hashtag only the young. Yeah. Go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Funny. Big day. Um, that was uh, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. I always take it there. Are, that's where we are. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this week um, plays mm-hmm. out. And, uh, I mean, the election day is always a nerve wracking one. And this one feels especially heavy. But it's exciting that we do have power and we get to vote. And we, we have this opportunity to be active participants in this democracy. So mm-hmm. if you are a U.S. Swifty who has not cast their vote, then tomorrow is your your day to do it. So make your plan yeah. and make it happen. Do it. Do it. But we are a Taylor Swift podcast. We are. And we're here to break down a song for you from folklore. <laughs> this is a pretty deep song, too. Different. Yeah. A little different. Yeah, not as... Cut. Not political. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, this is uh, Illicit Affairs is the song mm-hmm. this week, track 10 from Folklore, um, which is interesting because it was sort of one that at first people were like, oh, is this part of the love triangle because it's about yeah. an affair? Um, but as we broke down August a couple episodes ago, that one is much more obviously linked to Cardigan and Betty with shared imagery and um, all that sort of jazz. So this is just... You know, Taylor wanted to write about another affair. And so yeah. here we are. And a, and a lot of people were like, oh, this is about Tom Hiddleston. Da, 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 da. Mm, like yes. reading through it, I don't think so. And also, 
And Aaron Dessner has kind of been like the spokesperson for mm-hmm. folklore. Mm-hmm. You know, every now and then we get a few clips from Taylor. But he even said, like, when he broke down every single track, this feels like one of the real folk songs on the record. A sharp, mm-hmm. witted, narrative folk song. It's just her versatility and her power as a songwriter. The sharpness of her writing, it's a great song. So, like, that kind of tells me, like, oh, maybe he knows she's not really writing from her own personal experience. And maybe mm-hmm. she hasn't really known someone who has gone through with this exact same thing but you know i kind of that I, I feel like he lays it out right there but some people still yeah. think it's tom hiddleston I or know. carly claus <laughs> or like they're like oh it's about sex in the city or i've seen people oh my say gosh, yes it's I, about I, I can see it being about sex in the city because that's very folklorish big yeah. <laughs> and carry yeah like they literally like you know he was like whining and dining her and that's very and then he she cheated on she cheated on aiden with big Ooh, and then they started like the city yeah and then oh i am and then they slept together in like <laughs> ch- like trashy motels i can see her like go, okay. just i've like, just convinced you it's I'm a sex so in the pat- city song oh i already knew it beforehand yeah. I, that's, I, that was actually <laughs> okay. one of my theories but um okay. but i'll let you think so that excited. but well yeah because i'm glad that you brought it up but um <laughs> i love sex in the city and it's oh, you like totally like threw me oh she cheated on Aiden with big up in hotel rooms. Yes, and he called her kid a lot, and he she was a lot older than not hotel motel like they're on trash motel. Mm. But then at the end they they're together, so I don't know. But it's very Sex in the City. I love it. Yeah, I mean another (laughs) no no no. I I'm unfortunately I've only seen like a handful of episodes, so I really can't speak to it. What I was going to say is Taylor had a lot of time on her hands during Corona while she was Mm. you know writing folklore. Mm -hmm. She could have just binged Sex and the City because it's so easy to do. If you guys haven't done it and you are of age to watch it or you want to watch it on (laughs) TV, I think it's like TBC or TBS. There's the edited versions there. Go watch it. It's so, so like, who are you? Are you a Carrie or a Charlotte or? Um, I think I'm a mixture of a Carrie and Charlotte. Oh, look at me. The only yeah. two I remembered. Oh, yeah. Charlotte, she's kind of like the prissy one. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little priss. I'm a little priss. Who are the, I do, I, it's um, Miranda Samantha. and Samantha. Okay. I am not a Samantha as much yeah. as I'd like to think that I have that sexual prowess. <laughs> I'm not a Samantha and I'm not a Miranda at all. Does anyone mm. like Miranda? I feel like she's the one no one wants to be. She's kind of like when you're younger and you don't want to be the redhead from um, from Hocus Pocus. You know, maybe it's the red hair. I don't know. Oh. I think redheads are beautiful, but Wait, I just remember. I'm trying to think. I've only seen Hocus Pocus once in my life, so I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> is she one Sarah of the just, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker is in Hocus Pocus as well. Yes. yes. So growing up, I watched Hocus Pocus, and my friends and I would always be like, I'm Sarah. I'm Winifred, which is like the redhead. And no one wanted to be Winifred. And now I'm just kind of relating that to um, Sex in the City. And if I yeah. have, I'm a little bit of Carrie, a little bit of Miranda, but not <laughs> ginger phobe. Miranda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not a ginger phobe. There are some beautiful redheads out there. Right, right, right. It's, it's just, just their personalities. Yeah. You know, the, the way that they posted these two personalities, yeah. like, oh. And the redhead in Hocus Pocus is the oldest one and looks more like a witch. And you're like, yeah. Right. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get, okay. I remember now. We're just going down this really in weird ways. path I'm taking you guys. Let's <laughs> hop off the Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. Not Geller. <laughs> I can't talk. Oh, I don't know. Um, but no, I uh, I agree. I feel like 
um, people can get sort of defensive about the idea of did Taylor Swift herself ever cheat in her life? Mm-hmm. And while I don't think, I don't think it's like cancelable and I think life is complicated and like who knows the whole story. So if she did, like I still, I, I guess I'm saying I don't care, <laughs> but I will say I don't feel like this song has the same like fingerprints on it that a lot of songs about her personal life do. Like mm-hmm. I feel like she's written about, um, she's written about a lot of songs where she's the one cheated on, um, from should have said no to, uh, I mean, uh, you have like other nods and like girl at home, but this one doesn't feel like Better Taylor centric in yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, classic. <laughs> this one doesn't feel as Taylor centric. And so I think that's important mm-hmm. to note too. Like, cause we talked last time on this is me trying how I thought it was more, um, Taylor Swift narrative and you thought it was more fictionalized and I could see either way but at least there were pieces in it that we could both be like oh like could this be something Taylor's referencing from her personal life whereas with this one I feel like it's pretty like you know uh, generic in a, in a various with very specific imagery but it's never like yeah. about things that you could be like oh yeah that's like referencing this moment in Taylor's life this relationship in Taylor's life so she might just play in like she might just be playing like mom's the word or whatever, but it does feel like one of those more general songs like you had with death by a thousand cuts, which we know is inspired by a movie rather than uh, details from her personal mm-hmm. life. So I'm not saying this just because I don't want to believe that, Oh, Taylor Swift would never cheat. I just feel like this song. Yeah. kind of stands out as something that does feel a little bit more distance from Taylor Swift's own persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree too. But I think that sort of is why it's stuck out to people is um, is that people aren't distracted by the, oh, who is this about? Like, oh, is this Calvin? Is this Taylor? Is this Tom? But mm-hmm. rather people reviewing it have been able to talk about how it's just expert songwriting. Um, Variety says it's like... Um, is the best cheating song since getaway car. Um, and Rolling Stone said it's the underrated romantic tragedy of folklore and insider even pointed out that it, they feel like it's a glowing example of what sets Swift apart from her peers as a songwriter. And so I think there is just like a general respect for how Taylor Swift handles writing about an affair and being the other woman and all this when it could be so easily sort of campified and kind of trivialized as either like oh shame on her or wow she should have known better and instead it's like a much more rich and um and sort of brutal and heartbreaking song and so I think people have appreciated watching her grow from the person singing better than revenge to singing something like illicit affairs yeah and it's kind of like remember when we were talking about august where she didn't really paint august to be a villain like she's it's mm-hmm. more like a like a a better view which is kind of how she is painted the narrator in the song she's not yeah. dirty she's not gross she's not a slut she's not a whore you know it just kind of explains it you, you know like and that's the thing about illicit affairs like they go from being it's a magical thing to being a heartbreaking, shattering. You know, it's kind of you're mm-hmm. you're kind of in it with her. You're kind of like, okay, you're sympathizing with the narrator of the song. Yes, I know. I and it's a delightful one. I mean, do you remember first feelings about this or thoughts or anything? 
I think the only like feelings or thoughts that I had was just trying to place it along in the love triangle. Right. That's yeah. that's the only thing because like because she had said that there's a a story between three teenagers like a, a love triangle. I don't think I was like really cutting too deep into it thinking like oh did taylor swift cheat on somebody like i never thought anything like that i never thought it was anything personal did you have any first impressions of it besides that it's like such a great song and just beautifully written and the imagery is amazing yeah i'm trying to remember honestly should Um, write these down next time right (laughs) or do a live listening session like hey what do you think of this remember what i texted my sister because i think it was just a fever dream of reactions um but no i like i mean i like it i think it's a good song and it stands out on the album especially because of the way it builds musically and just like the the way she sort of growls throughout like I don't know it's just like a very don't call cool song. I love that yeah <laughs> yeah she gets like her her emotions go from high to low to like yeah. angry I'm seeing red <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I'm excited to talk about it and I think it is an interesting chapter in folklore especially because it does feel kind of uh distance from Taylor Swift herself mm-hmm Perfect. Well, I'm reading this week, so you guys bear with me. You know how I like to read things wrong, but you know, pray for me <laughs> no. while I, I read these illicit w- words. Okay, yes. So verse one, make sure nobody sees you leave. Hood over your head. Keep your eyes down. Tell your friends you're out for a run. You'll be flushed when you return. Take the road less traveled by. Tell yourself you can always stop. What started in beautiful rooms ends with meetings and parking lots. Wow. I know. I know. I think she really starts off with a punch, though, just like the breathy way she delivers. Like, tell your friends you're out for a run. You'll be flushed when you return. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. damn. Like, you know, immediately, like, what's happening, what she's implying. This is mature content right here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) immature. Like, and I think that's what's interesting, too, is with this second person. I. I was trying to decide if I thought she was talking at him being like, oh, you're going to, you know, you're doing all this to come and spend time with me. Or if she's just self-reflecting and being like, oh, look at what you've done and you have to go and through all these steps mm-hmm. to yeah. just end up here. And I kind of like that it, it feels um, it, like it could go either way because they're both they're both stuck in this sort of like cliche narrative where they're telling lies they have to hide they have to take these long roads so no one will see them and it was meant to be something so beautiful and sexy and it started in these like beautiful rooms as she says and then it ends in these sad little hookups and parking lots or However like, it becomes cheap. That. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I like how she said it started, it started in these beautiful rooms, like the clandestine meetings, like these mm-hmm. big, beautiful ballrooms. And that's when you have all of these hopes, even though it's even though it's an affair. Like, I'm sure when you start mm-hmm. something and you really, like, get into this relationship, there's always that hope. Like, maybe this will work out. Maybe they'll leave this person. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm the yeah. exception, not the rule. And it just, you know, it, seem, it, it seems worth it. And then she kind of says, like, it ends in parking lot. It ends in, mo- like, cheap motel rooms. Like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of become worthless at the end of this this affair. Yeah, and it just yeah. like makes the verse itself sort of end with this 
yeah. sort of deflating. It's like, oh, well, that's not mm-hmm. as that's not as sexy. That's not as romantic. It's kind of just sad and dirty. And yeah. I think it's like the way she serves up these imagey imagery is very reminiscent of like her deep cuts like all too well which is so focused on those like mundane details and even dear john where you get this whole scope of a relationship through pretty um specific uh scene painting and here she does it again where it's like you're instantly put in the scene with her you are being sung to so you feel almost complicit in it where you're where you become the person who's you know ducking down hiding their face going through all these hoops and so it really makes you empathize with her because Mm -hmm. she's insisting you listen as if it's you doing the the cheating yeah yeah I I love the way that she sets it up because like you said like at first you're like is she talking to somebody is she talking about herself but it's like you're in there with her you're her accomplice Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. exactly And then when you go into the chorus, she says, and that's the thing about illicit affairs and clandestine meetings and longing stares. It's born from just one glance, but it dies and it dies and it dies a million little times. Oh, it's just so sad. And it's not something you're usually allowed to let yourself feel sad about because obviously mm-hmm. with cheating, you always have sort of the villain in it who is the the one who's willing to cheat. And like, obviously we all understand that that's like wrong and it's and it's painful and it and it hurts people and it's inappropriate but it's also like well everyone's human and this person is also realizing it too and it's like sad and mm-hmm. and to be sad with someone you don't agree with is is often hard to pull off but taylor does it so powerfully here because she just like reiterates like oh like you wanted something beautiful you wanted something romantic you wanted these stolen looks and these these like stolen touches and whatever it is that we romanticize but it dies and it dies and Mm -hmm. it dies and she's just like oh like a million times like I've been over this and it still hurts every time but I just can't I can't quit like there was something true in the beginning in that single glance but then it's like I had to watch it like end every time we Mm -hmm. went through this and sometimes when you're in this kind of situation, whether it's a relationship or it's a cheating affair, like you're always going back to the clandestine meetings, the longing mm-hmm. stares at first glance, and you're kind of holding on to what was, and it kind of shapes your your uh, m- your memories of everything because for some reason, like humans are just idiots. You know, it's it's the exact <laughs> yeah. same reason why people keep on having kids over and over again because. When you give birth, <laughs> it's so painful. But then you turn around, you do it all over again. You know, it's just, you know, we like to we like to think of the good things, and so it's kind of, yeah. you know, ha- at, however hard this is for her, that high is so much better than the low. She'll go through go through a million lows just for that one high. Yeah, and I think just it's for like- the little death. Yeah, which is in, fr- in French is something else. You guys yeah. pick it up. I'm not yeah. saying it on here. <laughs> you said it before. Orgasm. Um, <laughs> there, I said it. No, but I agree. I think it's like a really beautiful chorus and its simplicity and just like this, this idea of like oh the longing stares, the clandestine meetings, this one single glance. Like that's all stuff that Taylor has written about. Like Enchanted, Holy Ground. Like everything in her, especially her early days where she was like you know, still writing from a place of like ultra romantic, like, I don't know if I want to say naivety, but just like 
just this big you know like now she sings like oh i used to Hopeful. think love would be burning red but now i realize it's golden like she's grown from who she was in the past which sort of romanticized these sort of minuscule moments mm-hmm. and i think she's allowing that to breathe that same idea to breathe here where she's like yeah we get so caught up in these sort of rom-com moments and the sexiness of it even but then you have to like remember what happens when he walks away and remember what happens when you you when you get those like texts that are like oh like let's just meet at this parking lot instead you know so i think yeah. it's it's a good imagery that she paints here Mm-hmm. And I really like verses two imagery, imagery too. Mm-hmm. She says, leave the perfume on the shelf that you picked out just for him. I love how she <laughs> does that. I, we didn't talk about it, but I love how she yes. goes. She's like, keep your eyes down and you can always stop. Like, I love this. Sorry. Yeah. Leave the perfume on the shelf that you picked out just for him. So you leave no trace behind. Like you don't even exist. Take the words for what they are. A dwindling mercurial high. A drug that only worked the first few hundred times. Yeah, it's just so sad. It's just like Mm -hmm. a brutal verse. I know. Like in this verse, you can kind of tell that like her whole life revolves around him. She's always thinking of him. Like she goes and she picks out perfume because she thinks he'll love it. But then she's making all these little sacrifices for him. Like, oh, she can't even wear the perfume because heaven forbid she wears it. They get a little familiar with each other and he comes home smelling like another woman. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like – when they're together they're everything to each other but when they leave they have to pretend like they don't even know each other it's like walking by like strangers yeah and it's just like again that imagery of even just this story about the perfume itself it's just such a subtle idea but it it's so emotional and raw and it's like she can't she can't be with him she can't do these things that a normal couple would do she can't have these attachments and these real memories and and um, traditions or whatever it is with him because mm-hmm. she's she doesn't even exist. Like she's just a shadow in his story and she has to live with that. And it's all like you can kind of feel her depressing in this in this verse like the first verse Mm -hmm. you're like oh what's going on here you know like oh and you realize she's getting sadder and sadder as the song goes on and I think this really does a gut punch of a of a job with (laughs) giving us this story and like hitting this beat where it's like oh this isn't gonna end well this isn't fun anymore like and even the imagery again that she's you know on this high but it's a drug that has just lost its its edge and it's just mm. you know maybe it worked the first few million hundred times but she's had to like die and die and die for it and like m- m- mercurial like that basically means like a sudden change or unpredictable changes yeah. of mood and mind which is totally I, I feel like you have to go through, especially if you're in a, an affair, because in one minute, you know, the person who's married just wants you, wants you, wants you. And then the next minute they're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm never going to leave my wife. I'm never going to leave my husband, my, mm-hmm. my girlfriend, my partner. And it's like these ups and downs and you don't know when they're going to happen. Like one minute, it's the best thing. And the next minute, it's like the worst thing that can ever happen to you. It's just exhausting. Yeah. And she's obviously singing sort of from the end of it. And so it's it's mm-hmm. telling that she's calling it a dwindling mercurial high that she's saying the drug used to work and now it doesn't like I've been dying a million mm-hmm. times because it's not only that she's realized like, oh, this isn't worth it anymore. It's almost like 
sadder because she has to watch him realize it. it's not worth it anymore either. And so yeah. it's all just kind of, they're both losing it. Like it's, but it's faded for both of them. And she's left with absolutely nothing because the whole time it's been like, she doesn't even exist. Part of me thinks that this is, it isn't at the end. It's just toward, it's like leading towards the end. And she mm-hmm. is trying to talk herself out of it. You know, she's yeah. trying to be like, no, I need to leave. I need to leave. But because it is this this drug, you still have that addiction to it. She yeah. still wants it. She's still hoping she can still get that high. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, uh, that, the only reason I say that's because you go into the bridge and to the, and to the very end, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of like, okay, she's still there. Like she wants, yeah. she, knows, she knows it's bad for her. She knows it's not going to end well, but she still wants to like grasp onto this dwindling high. She wants mm. to keep it. And then you go into the chorus and that's the thing about illicit affairs and clandestine and clandestine meetings and stolen stairs. They show their truth one single time. <gasps> Sorry. <Come here. laughs> oh, he's feeling it. <laughs> he is. He's like, he's like Amen, yes, Taylor. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but they lie and they lie and they lie. A million little times. And the bridge, the bridge is amazing. We should get Mm -hmm. into that. And you want to scream, don't call me kid. Don't call me baby. Look at this godforsaken mess that you made me. You show me colors you know I can't see with anyone else. Don't call me kid. Don't call me baby. Look at this idiotic fool that you made me. You taught me a secret language I I can't speak with anyone else. And the outro, and you know damn well for you – I'd ruin myself a million little times. Yes. It's, <sighs> it's sad. It's also different, though, because in Dear John or something like that, or even All Too Well, you can feel like the fury and the righteous indignation. But this one, even though she has every opportunity to like really scream these lyrics, it's almost like there's something more emotional behind it than just raw fury. It's like, it's sad and she's heartbroken and she kind of just growls it out instead of like screams oh, it like she doesn't don't the call me power. kid yeah don't call me baby yeah no. she's like take no. responsibility for what you're putting me through and she's like yeah. hoping that he'll care in some way like she does but it seems almost like hopeless in that sense because because he's walking away or whatever it is like something yeah. has broken in there you know and secret like really- relationship personal too because she's like you showed me colors i can't see with anyone else you taught me this language i can't speak with anyone else like we had something like there was it wasn't just physical it just wasn't just you know the attraction and the lust for each other it grew into so much more than just a longing stare yeah no but i uh i like this too because it almost feels like like obviously she feels powerless in this situation and there's something in her that wants to blame him but she also is recognizing her own hand in ruining mm-hmm. herself. And I think that speaks to the maturity, too, that she's playing with with this narrative. It's like it's not as simple as like, you know, girl leaves boy and, and girl is or boy leaves girl and girl is heartbroken. It's like she has to wrestle with the fact that she she accepted the standards of this relationship and is only now having to face the wreckage of that yeah. in her own life. Because kind of like in August, even though I don't think August knew about Betty, like there is a that lyric where she says, like, you were never mine. Like you were yeah. never really mine. And that's like when you're going into a fair knowing that someone else is taken or like 
you know, you know that they're not really yours. It could end at any minute. And maybe that's the high that, that people like, you know, but it's, she never belonged to him. He never belonged to her. It was always something that was like destined to like fall upon like yeah. this bad ending. Yeah. And she's like, look at this godforsaken mess you've mm-hmm. made me look at this idiotic fool you've made me but then she's also at the very end she has to admit like well actually i'd still i'd still do it again i'd, yeah, I'd still I'd welcome myself. this again yep. yeah yeah and i think I'm that's glad that she's an... taking that though that like yeah the i don't know the what's it called the blame i guess i don't know if it's blame the acceptance of it yeah responsibility yeah <laughs> Next yeah, I think tango. it's just a it's yeah, it's a mature way to frame a relationship like this when it could have been so easy to just paint mm-hmm. paint the guy as the villain even. But yeah, yeah. But it sort of reminds me of the music video for Babe, which is also about a guy who cheats and Taylor Swift plays the other woman and you know, in the music video, you're kind of sad for her because she too is left heartbroken on the kitchen floor with nothing but a letter saying like, sorry, it's over. And I think here, Taylor again, takes another step forward in allowing for complicated, you know, experiences and non-judgmental evaluations of relationships like this. And she gets to kind of force people to accept that like, it's grayer than you might want to, uh, you might want Absolutely. to allow, you know? <laughs> and I, that's what I like about like Taylor and her growth because like when she was 20 and dating Joe Jonas and like he left her for, for somebody else and she wrote Better Than Revenge <laughs> to her, it was only black and white. Yes. Like when you're young and, and in love like Taylor was and uh, you know, you're Taylor Swift, everything back then is black and white. And then throughout the last 10 years, she has, slowly grown to realize that it's not not everything is what it seems like it's like it's different and you you know the blame shouldn't be particularly on one person or the other people there's so much more to the story than meets the eye yes and it's just such a yeah it's just such a good song it's just like full of yes. such sharp images really um clever writing and i think mm-hmm. it, it stands up as some of taylor's best work on folklore because it just feels so great so I, I have a question. Taylor yes. is, loves her mashups. Say that we went to the folklore, um, I don't know, stadium <laughs> yeah. tour. What do you think? What song do you think would mash up really, really well with this? <laughs> oh man, I have no idea. I guess. Um, I think I th- Last Kiss would do really well with this. Oh, cute. Yeah, I guess cute. I was cute. Last kiss is not cute. Last I'm kiss made cute. me ball my eyes out. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I guess I, I meant more like because my brain went somewhere like how she mashed up should have said no and bad blood. Oh, like I could see oh, okay. her doing. I was trying to think of a song that would play the other woman, maybe so there could be some sort of <laughs> delicate, um, better than revenge. <laughs> I guess a cat fight scenario where just two Bad different blood. perspectives fighting it out. Yeah. But yeah. no, that, yeah, I think she always surprises me with mashups that on paper don't seem like they'd work. But mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of like the emotion that really yeah. like tears at you. And yeah. I feel like last and kiss. Everyone would just be just left like... on the ground just crying. 
look at this godforsaken mess you <laughs> yeah, left us like, with. Oh. Taylor, what did you do to yeah. me? <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a lot of theories behind – well, there's like three different theories I've heard. Like it's not about Taylor. It's about Tom Hiddleston. And then it's about <laughs> someone else completely, totally different. Um, let's – what What do you think? A lot of people think it might possibly, wink, wink, be about Carly and Taylor. <laughs> yes. You know I love a good Kaler theory. You too. I, uh, I, I saw a couple notes on this. And I mean, this is the thing. <laughs> I feel like I have to put some distance in between uh, Kaler's and I because there's been some weird Kaler news this week. Um, oh, with our is this tea is this tea, tea time? time yeah okay i have not yeah. heard of this. it's I'm been a excited. while since we had some tea but carly class announced this week that uh she's pregnant and um Aww, congrats to her baby. and so she's expecting her first child which <laughs> is fine obviously but it was funny to see uh reactions to this from kaylers both the more extreme like Kaylers who believe that Taylor and Carly are still together and are still carrying mm. on a love affair and they both have beards and and so I saw like some Tumblr some Tumblr thoughts that were like what? Taylor and Carly Carly is impregnated with Taylor's I don't I don't know how this would work uh but they thought that or that Taylor and Carly would be raising this baby together or that maybe Taylor would start to become more public in Carly's life so that they could start raising the child together, which that is a wild bonkers, unsubstantiated conspiracy theory straight from QAnon, I swear. But there have also (laughs) been some funnier reactions from more casual Kaylers, such as myself, who were just having fun with the news, who just thought it was, you know, there were some that were like, that made jokes about how, this is obviously the spawn of Taylor, which it cannot be because, unfortunately, two women cannot procreate together. And I don't some think. <laughs> mm, I also don't think anything that comes from Taylor can be a spawn. Like the spawn, <laughs> when I think of spawn, I think of like the spawn of the devil. I'm like, no, the miracle, yeah. miracle right, coming out right. of her. The miracle could not happen. <laughs> but um, there were also jokes about how, oh well, Taylor's going to have to send her. A- a present because mm-hmm. it's her ex and so mm-hmm. i think um, it's been uh there's been a few different carly uh carly class reactions in the swifty world which is funny to me i mean i can't i can appreciate the possibility that carly and taylor had maybe more than just a friendship and i think there's a lot there that is interesting and worth dissecting but i cannot believe that people think they're still together or that they're together in any sense that would keep them that would have them like dating these dudes as beards and then marrying these dudes as beards (laughs) i did see a tabloid that said taylor swift is getting married and has a baby on the way. Oh so my maybe <laughs> she's getting married and Joe's her beard and her and Carly are both having babies, but yes. they're having each other's babies. Yes, science. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like IVF Carly into Taylor, yeah. IVF Taylor into Carly. So complicated. And that's what's going to tie them together. I love it. I really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you guys. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like it's it must be hard at this point oh, to have those stories so still annoying. come up. Yeah. Yeah. And Taylor especially if they're this, not friends anymore, you joking. know, like. 
Yeah. If she's the one that she forgot that that she existed, then it's like, do we want to have to dredge up the Kaler theories every time Carly Kloss is in the news? No. I mean, that's what happens with with Jake Gyllenhaal, though. Every single time Jake Gyllenhaal's in the news, people are like, oh, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. But it's a little bit more like funny when (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal's in the news. I don't know why. For some reason, it's Carly and Taylor, it's a little more sensitive for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because well, it's not you're confirmed. Not a, you're not a Kayler. You don't believe in the the romantic vibes. You know, I am just a believer <laughs> of Taylor and her love. So yeah. whatever is Taylor's truth, good for her. I don't like right. putting – I don't like speculating on someone's sexuality. Mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if that's their – if that's their preference and they don't want to tell anybody, then let them – let them keep that to themselves. Let them raise their secret babies with their yes, bearded with husbands. With their beards. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly. not our place to judge. They'll okay? come out when they're ready. Okay? <laughs> yeah. No, I but, agree. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, we do enjoy your guys' theories. So if you have any theories on, you know, Carly Kloss's pregnancy or me or anything else, it doesn't have to be just folklore. Email us, swiftishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also slide into our DMs or follow us on Instagram, swiftishpodcast, and on Twitter, what's Twitter? It's again, I always forget <laughs> since Twitter hates us. It's at swiftishpod13. Yes. So... so. And then I think I already gave them the Gmail, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Swift podcast at Gmail. And then if you want to rate us, maybe go to um, Apple Podcast or iTunes and find our podcast. Swipe all the way up and give us five stars. Help Swifties find us. Help yes. us. Help you. Help them. <laughs> there you go. It's a circle of giving. <laughs> it's know, really it just is. what we need right now is mm-hmm. more togetherness. So mm-hmm. any positive vibes you can send our way, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, you can call me baby anytime you want. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be part of that little rumor. <laughs> exactly. Menage Taylor. <laughs> <laughs>